Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks, and uh, welcome to another episode of Wisdom of Friends, and I'm your host, Cal Ross. And today, I'm really excited to be introducing you to a good friend of mine. Her name is Lisa Copeland. Lisa Copeland knows communication. She has spent 25 years sharing her expertise in diverse business cultures all over the globe. Her unique experience as a competitive athlete allows her to share meaningful and memorable stories in her programs. In fact, her Iron Man principles actually drive her lessons on the importance of communication and culture. Friends, this is a very informative and fascinating conversation where Lisa talks about her work with organizations that want to go from communication chaos to profit, performance, and productivity. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Lisa Copeland. Good evening, uh, Lisa. Welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show. I'm really excited that you took the time to be on this program. And let me start off with my first impressions of you. We met first at the holiday event at the NSA uh, party uh, not too long ago. And it was, such yeah. a, it was such a positive experience meeting you. And and then you had such an amazing energy about you. And I, I somehow got the feeling that you must have been an athlete or you're still an athlete. And I kind of looked up your background and, and guess what? You were, uh, you were an uh, Ironman and you utilized those uh, concepts into your business. And I, I knew that having you on the show with your experience and expertise would be a delight for my audience. So again, thank you for taking the time to be on the program. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I'm really excited to be here. So just for the benefit of the audience here, uh, Lisa works with organizations that want to go from communication chaos to profit, performance, and productivity. And I want to get into that, but uh, before we uh, talk more about your expertise, Lisa, I'm kind of like want to kick off our show with asking our guests with a simple yet profound questions that we normally do. And that is, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by? And how have you applied it to your life? Well, I think my favorite philosophy, I'm going to refer to a quote. Um, I have a couple different things that I live by, but the quote is, no one can go back to make a new start, but anyone can start now and make a new beginning. And that's by Carl Bard. Uh, I truly believe that, you know, you can't change the past, but you can certainly redirect your future and and make a better ending than what you had maybe in the past. And so we're in charge of us. You know, you're in charge of yourself and there's definitely ways to make improvements and changes along the way. And then the the other, um, I guess, mantra that I go by is one that I developed when I was doing one of my Ironmans and it's do what you can in the moment, things will get better. Wow, I like that. That's really great. And I think... I think the emphasis here is really that the past does not dictate uh, your future or 
Uh, in other words, mm-hmm. uh, the bi- your biography uh, does not uh, drive your destiny, essentially. And then you can really right. craft your destiny. You can really shape your destiny if you choose to be, uh, you know, taking personal responsibility for your life and your business and your career. Uh, magical things can happen. Now, that is so great and very inspiring. And so the other thing I'm curious about, Lisa, is... Uh, now, you're a business consultant, a workshop facilitator, a corporate coach, and then also a highly skilled dental hygienist. And one of the things that I'm really curious about is uh, where, what did your parents do and how did that shape your life? And in other words, where did you grow up and how would you describe your childhood? Oh, my gosh. My childhood was amazing. I had um, two parents that just, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she was 100% dedicated to raising the three of us. I have an older brother and um, an older sister. I'm, the, I'm a baby. And uh, my dad was my dad was a professional speaker, a trainer, and I never really realized it until I was in my 20s or 30s that he actually did exactly what I do in my career. Um, and he, very different personalities. My mom was very lighthearted and fun and loving and very, um, she laughed all the time. And I, I love that people tell me I have my mom's laugh. And my father, I've adopted his work ethics by far. My father is a um, Pennsylvania Dutchman and German. He grew up in the Amish country in Pennsylvania. And so I, I love the parts that I've inherited from both of them. And I grew up in a very small town in uh, right outside of, in Pennsylvania, but right outside of a very famous town. A lot of people may recognize that I grew up in uh, Scranton, mm. which is where they filmed the show The Office. Yeah, and uh, truly, that's my <laughs> you know it. <laughs> that is my claim to fame. Everybody knows that show, and I grew up in a real small town outside of that called Clark Summit. So I had a very active um, outdoor life. It was a, more of a farming country and coal mining town. And so we played outside. We basically played outside all day and went in for meals. And my parents supported us in everything that we wanted to attempt or do. So it was a great childhood, great life. No, that is great. And actually, uh, I had an opportunity to live in the Midwest for many years. Actually, I went uh, went to school in Michigan and then uh, was in Michigan for like close to five years and then uh, moved to Cleveland, Ohio, actually not too far from Pennsylvania. And oh, I was, yeah. yeah. And I was uh, in Cleveland uh, for close to almost five, six years before I moved to California. No, that's so great. So very familiar with the Midwestern values. And that is so great. Uh, the other thing I'm also curious about uh, is... Uh, you lived in Singapore for five years, is that correct? That's right, yeah. And then you and your husband relocated to the Northwest. And so now that you're a business consultant, a professional speaker, so what really uh, I'm curious about, and I'm sure the audience is curious about is how did you get started? So talk me through it. What was your journey like? Uh, my journey really started as a dental hygienist. And I graduated from New York, and I moved to Washington, D.C. to start my dental hygiene career. And I went into a temporary agency to um, just start interviewing with with the the area. And they sent me to this office where the um, it was a, an office that specialized in uh, dental implants, which were fairly new back in the 80s when I was just starting my career. 
And I went in and I interviewed in this office and they hired me. And the dentist, who I happened to be hired and working for, had into the United States from Sweden. And so he was lecturing all over the world about dental implants. because Nobody really knew about them. And he needed somebody to go and present with him to teach the dental hygiene aspect of it. And so really he... He gave me the opportunity that grew my whole career um, by bringing me along to present about how to maintain dental implants. And from there, a dental implant company hired me to be their spokesperson. And that was kind of the beginning of my dental hygiene career partnered with my corporate speaking career. Great. So... No, that is uh, that is really uh, fantastic. So really, it started off as a dental hygienist career, and then that got you uh, going into the corporate speaking career. So how did that transition happen? And the reason I ask this is we get a lot of questions from our audience as to how do we find our passion? How do we find our purpose? And it seems like you have really found that sweet spot between utilizing your professional experience, your professional background into something that you like to do and which kind of like goes back to, you know, what your dad did and uh, very similar to what your dad did. And it seems like there is mm-hmm. some kind of a connection there. And I'm curious as to how did that come about for you? Did you always know that corporate speaking career or the being a professional speaker was your calling? Or is that something that just happened by chance or what's your story there? Yeah, I um I think the profession chose me. Mm. I I think I was in the right places at the right time because I never pursued a corporate speaking job, but I had the opportunity once I once that the um dental profession career opened up, I had companies approach me and say, "Hey, we know you're um uh, very savvy in the dental hygiene world or the dental professional world." And we're looking for a something that you would like to do. And that's um, the, the corporate job that I have now is with Phillips. And I've been with them almost 20 years as a corporate speaker. And so I think really it, it chose me. And, and my father um, is an excellent speaker as well. My father's still alive. He's 93 years old and still lives in the house I grew up in and um, has always been an excellent speaker. Uh, and I think I've, I've, really paid attention to his speaking skills and his work ethics. And, um, but I truly believe it, it found me. I didn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that's such an incredible story. And, and it's oftentimes, uh, as you just said, you know, it's like when you keep pursuing the strengths, you keep pursuing your interest and passion, it, sometimes the profession finds you. And there is that natural connect and you can spot those opportunities. And it seems like that's what happened for you. So when you look back at your life, Lisa, up until now, what would you say was like uh, a breakthrough success moment for you? You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, we have all these moments in our lives, right? I mean, the successful moments, but there is like always these one or two strategic inflection points where we come at a fork in the road and, you know, one way it could have gone a totally different direction. The other way it could have gone a different direction. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those choices we make, uh, or life gives us those choices, and that ends up becoming like a really a breakthrough moment for us that totally takes a career or life to a whole nother level. So when you look back at your life, 
Do you recall any moments like that that shaped your career to the to the level that you have going right now? Oh, absolutely. And it happened very, very young in my life. I was eight years old. I um, I competed in my very, very first swimming event uh, that I, I never had competed in anything. And my parents or my family belonged to this country club. And every year they'd have a closing of the season in September. And my mom knew that I really loved swimming. And so she asked me, um, my mom and dad asked me if I wanted to compete in this race. And I said, of course, I've been waiting all my life. I'm eight years old, right? All my life. And so they entered me in this race, and I was the youngest person to ever participate. And I finished the race. I lifted my head up after I touched the other end of the pool. And not only had I completed swimming a 25-mile or a 25-yard pool, I had won. Wow. <laughs> I had won. Yeah. I won the very first event that I ever competed in. That day transformed my life for the rest of my life because from there, I began to compete in competitive swimming, and I, comp- I was a competitive swimmer my whole life from that day. My parents attended every single swim meet that I ever went to or participated in. They'd sit in the bleachers, and I had no idea what they were doing, the commitment they were making until I was older. And so I can't, I appreciate them so much more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that, from that moment, I began learning about collaboration and how to be a leader because I started to, started to become, you know, the captains of my swim team and managing people really skills have carried me through a lifetime. My whole competitive uh, athletic performance have carried me through a lifetime in my business skills as well because it's very similar in the concepts of how you go through a competitive event. Absolutely. And I've been a swimmer all my life and uh, I I can totally relate to what you're saying. By the way, what's your favorite uh, stroke? Is it freestyle or backstroke or uh, what's your... Um, I started as a... uh, freestyler and a butterflyer, mm. but I grew super fast. I'm um, five foot ten, but I grew really fast as a child. And I, I ended up not being able to manage my, my weight and my growth. Uh, so I switched over to backstroke. But I have always been a, a freestyle sprinter. That Out is... of the gate fast and finished fast. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> yeah, I've been a freestyler. And uh, I mean, that's that's been like my stroke, uh, my go-to. I mean, I, I can do all of them. And I was also a captain of my relay team back in school. And yep. and uh, so, uh, yeah, so very familiar with the competitive races. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole nother uh, world to get into when you talk about competitive swimming. And uh, so absolutely, I still... I still try to do my laps every uh, couple of uh, you know days a week, uh, but you know, but nice. I yeah, I've still I don't have that speed that I used to before. But no, it's still still a great yeah. workout, amazing. So yeah. Lisa, so Lisa, you mentioned a couple of things which caught my attention, and one is uh, you know your experience as an athlete, as a swimmer, taught you a lot about collaboration and teamwork, and uh, mm-hmm. and that is something that. You know, you help people and organizations uh, really uh, use that information to kind of like, you know, take the communication chaos that uh, every corporation, most of the corporations have to and turn it into profit, performance and productivity. Could you say a little bit more about that, about your expertise and work? Oh, sure. The um, Well, the skills that you have when you're working together as a team in a sport 
or even as an individual. Um, I take the uh, principles of Iron Man that I've, I've just, the word actually, and changed it into business application. And so people within corporations, and you're right, most corporations have some form of chaos. And because of the um, number of generations that we have in corporations right now, it's a big problem because people are just not taking the time to listen and understand each other's generation. And so I just think we basically break it down into the Ironman principles of business. And so when you're, let's say you're a manager and you're, you're speaking to your team, it could be a small team, it could be a larger group meeting, but you've got, got to follow the same patterns of communication. And so your introduction, you know, that starts well before you actually start your presentation. It's the way that you come into the room and the way that you interact with people. Um, that's a perfect example of using the uh, introduction to your advantage because you're setting the tone for your whole meeting. The O, like in Ironman, stands for opportunity. And opportunity means, may mean different things to different people. And so you have what's in it for them, what's in it for your audience that is going to motivate them to want to follow through with the task that you're asking of them. And so it's all about a team effort, but really just listening to each other and respecting each other. And that's a big premise of, of what I go in and, and teach to the corporation teams. Now that is great. And since we already made that segue and you talk about the seven Ironman principles of business, could you elaborate a little bit more on the remaining principles? Oh, yeah. So the um, we just kind of go through the word Ironman. So introduction we talked about that relationships is the r uh relationships mean the relationship you build with the people that you're interacting with maybe the relationships you have with your customer um relationships has many different faucets that you need to cultivate in order to have a collaborative effect with your clients as well as your your teams um oh we talked about the opportunities and then uh, I have to make sure I spell Iron Man right. N. <laughs> the N. <laughs> I don't want to miss any. The N is really about uh, networking and getting out there and spreading your message, mm. but spreading it really in a way that everybody's communicating the same message because you don't want a, a disconnect between what your team members are saying to each other and what your team members are saying to the clients and how they're interacting with um, with various people within the management or within the uh, within the corporation as well. Uh, M stands for your marketing or the, the message that you have to give. And one of the biggest things I try to communicate to people is your message has to hit people from an emotional standpoint because people react on emotion. And if you can connect with them emotionally in the very beginning of your presentation and then again at the very end, you're more likely to get follow-through and buy-in. And you, of course, want to um, inter- intersperse it between the message as well. But you're always alternating. It's almost like a roller coaster when you're, when you're either writing or delivering a message. You want to think about it as a, as a roller coaster where you're going from emotion to content back to emotion, back to content, so that you're, you constantly give people time to process and also to reconnect on that emotional step. Mm. Did, I finish, did I finish the word? No, you should have got A-N-N left. <laughs> I've, I've got A-N-N. A is action, and action just means 
motivating, motivating and giving anyone that you're delivering a message to a call to action. Mm. Everybody wants to know what to do next and, and how to do it next. And so always, always, always give them a, a call to action. And, and um, I, think I, I think I mixed the ends up. But the, end, the other end is nuances. You know, paying attention to particular nuances that can occur within a department or within uh, a personality of just an individual person. But you've got to customize every single interaction that you have with your team members uh, individually as well as uh, thinking about your team member as a whole. And so you're changing, you're constantly customizing and changing your communication skills based on that and also on their generational, um, what their age is, because that can create friction as well. No, that is so great. And just to recap, this is really brilliant because I think what I'm hearing, Lisa, you share within this concise uh, uh, methodology or technology that you've really uh, uh, designed for communicating the message is about leadership and influence. It's about like really elevating your presence and ability to influence others. And and I think just to recap, so the I stands for introduction, R stands for relationships, O stands mm-hmm. for opportunity as to how yep. you set the tone. Uh, let's say an example of a meeting that is how you set the tone and you connect with the uh, audience and really uh, that that can totally drive how the business meeting goes. And N stands for networking and, uh, you know, the contribution you can make. And then it's a really a give and serve kind of a model. And then M stands for marketing. And really it's about emotional connections. So you have a roller coaster message uh process in the sense that you have an emotional and then a content and then emotional so that it gives the people or the audience the time to really reconnect and process all the information and then uh, A stands for a call to action and then N stands for nuances so because of generational um, workforces it's uh, important to really observe and see uh, you know what kind of communication styles are effective with different kinds of people and I think uh, that's really leadership. It's really knowing the audience, knowing what your message is, being consistent with your message, and then uh, creating a presence and influence across the board. So did I capture it right? Is that uh, really a summary of Oh, my gosh. You could be. You could come on the road with me. <laughs> you did an awesome job of recapping that. <laughs> no, that is, that is really a very inspiring and uh, to the point. And it's so easy to remember because, you know, oftentimes in the domain of leadership and management and influence, there's so many distinctions that people try to grasp. But, you know, having some kind of a easy to remember, you know, the foundational phrases or foundational principles like these uh, can really make a difference. Uh, so, you know, this is really uh-huh. great. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, and I think I think people like the word Iron Man, like they can relate to Iron Man because it's a character that we've seen in films in the recent get it. They want to be Iron Man. Um, and so it's easy for people to relate to and remember, just like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And so that that's really great. Now, the other question I had for you is, and we've had so many guests on the show, Lisa, and uh, one of the common threads or common traits that we have noticed is most of these extraordinary people or successful people have had incredible challenges along the way. And if, you know, when you look at it from outside, it may look like a failure, it may look like a setback. But oftentimes, these amazing individuals have taken that 
setback and turned it into an opportunity or used that as a fuel to go after their dreams. So when you look at your life, were there any challenges that you faced in your life? And most importantly, what? how did you overcome it? And what lessons did you learn from it that helped you navigate life going forward? Um, I think I look at, I, I really look at life like entering a sports event because it's such a big part of my life. Mm. And you're not going to win every race. You're, you're just not. You're not going to win every race. But every time you compete, you can reflect back on the event and learn from it. And so what could I have done differently to maybe gain a couple seconds? Not necessarily win the race, but move forward and get better. And, and it really, that's how I look at life. I truly think it's like participating in an event and you need to just reflect backwards in order to move forward and, and learn what you can do differently so that you become more and more and more successful. No, I like that. And I think uh, one of the lessons here for uh, all of us here, I mean, most of the people listening to these uh, podcast is really high achievers and, you know, they are super uh, focused on their goals and, you know, passionate about what they're trying to accomplish. So the question really is, oftentimes, as you said, life is like a sports event, you know, you can't win all the races. But that brings up another question is, you know, when you don't win it, when you put in all your heart, your soul, your blood, sweat and tears into it, and you've been practicing it for for this particular event for so long, and when you don't win it, there's obviously the disappointment, it's part of the human journey. So what have mm-hmm. you, what are some of the tools or principles that you've applied in your life as a sportsperson or as an Ironman to like, okay, when you deal with disappointments, what are some ways that you've dealt with disappointments when you don't win what you went after? And how quickly can you like bounce back from that and focus on the next event? Do you have like a strategy that you've used for your own life? I do. share? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I, I have always relied on coaching. And so if, if I do not achieve the goal that I've set for myself, I go back to a coach or a mentor and talk to them about what I could do differently, what, what they think happened. Because my interpretation of a mistake or a failure or not achieving the success that I was hoping for is very different than somebody looking from the outside in. And so relying on other people's opinions and having mentorship uh, to help you succeed. Because I don't think, I mean, we don't know what we don't know until we know. Mm. And there are so many people that can help us succeed in uh, various aspects of our lives that we just don't have the skill set for everything. I have different strengths than you have, and other people can help. And so I've always looked at at coaching, um, be it professional speaking coaching or sports coaching. I've always gone externally to find out how I can improve myself and what I can do differently than what I did the last time. No, that is great. And I think I like this, right? uh, the concept of feedback from mentors and not just anybody, but specific experts who can really give you some valuable mm-hmm. information that you can apply to your own life and then, you know, use that as a platform for the next event. Uh, now, this is a perfect segue into, uh, you know, mentors. So who were your mentors growing up, Lisa? And then 
really whom did you look up to or you wanted to emulate as a child or as a, you know as you, uh, as you were in the corporate arena and now as a professional speaker do you want to give a shout out to anybody uh, that comes to mind oh my goodness probably my my most uh because they they were such great role models and supportive of me in in those to to dive into they were supportive of me. And, um, you know, my dad with my speaking career, it's, what's really cool is I can, I can still call my dad up and say, hey, you know, I, I delivered this presentation the other day and this is kind of what happened. Were you ever in a situation like that? He can tell me the exact same situation happened to him 50 years ago and we can have a conversation about it, about what he did and maybe what I need to do differently. Um, in that particular situation. So it's cool that I still have my dad alive. My mom passed away a few years ago, but um, definitely they were my, my biggest role models. Mm. Um, I'd also say my sister. My sister is three years older than me, and um, just she's amazing in so many different aspects of life. You know, she she's just a caring, she's a, she's a nurse, uh, so we've both gone into the healthcare. And um, just caring and empathetic and incredibly intelligent, sensitive, beautiful. You know, she's just everything that anybody. So she was a great role model for me as well to follow in her footsteps and, and really try to be like her. Wow. Um, in my professional speaking career, oh, my goodness, there's so many people. Um, I, I honestly, I think the best thing I ever have is, is join NSA. And I, I wish I'd done it sooner. Because I have, from the National Speakers Association, I have grown in so many different aspects of my business and my personal life just by being a, an active um, participant in the National Speakers Association. Mm, that, that is really great and so inspiring. Um, switching gears here a little bit, uh, just want to kind of like find out a little bit more about your favorite hobbies and interests. Uh, uh, are you still uh, competing or uh running marathons or what's what are some of your favorite hobbies and interests oh ooh, that's a that's a big can of worms i am the master <laughs> the jack of all trades master of none um i still competitively swim and mm. I, I open water swim now mm-hmm. i love snowboarding my husband and i have a, a cabin up at crystal mountain and so we snowboard every opportunity he's a skier i'm a snowboarder uh we're up there every chance we get I am still, uh, I, I haven't done uh, many triathlons. I, I tell people I'm training for nothing and really enjoying it. <laughs> and so I, uh, yeah, we mountain bike ride, we road bike. Um, we're super active. This is a beautiful, living in Seattle is just such a, a perfect place for us in the lifestyle that we live. And so I don't have one specific sport. I just kind of participate in a lot of different things because my husband and I, that's our playtime, you know, mm. that we do everything together. And so it's a great place to live for that. Absolutely. Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, Seattle, with the, especially in the outdoors, Pacific Northwest, is it's uh, hard to uh, beat anything like this. But, no, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and now you also, uh, being outside the country, you lived in Singapore for uh, close to five years. So what's your favorite place to travel? Uh, any particular place that comes to mind? In Asia, Europe? I do. Yeah, well, we love living in Singapore. Um, it was a beautiful place to live to launch off of and see that part of the world. 
Um, I, I have to say the two favorite places that we went, and um, we traveled mostly by bike through Asia. We'd pack our mountain bike panniers, the bags, you know, that go on either side of the bike, and we would just travel by bike through different countries. And so I think my two favorite places were Thailand mm. and Tasmania. Oh, wow. What did you like about those two places? Anything in particular? Thailand, I, I absolutely loved the, the people. Um, I have never seen a happier culture. They mm. all smile. Everybody's friendly. They're just very welcoming. Just an amazing culture of happiness. And the food. Oh, my gosh, the food. I, I took a, a bunch of cooking courses while I was living in Asia, and I, I cook mostly Thai. As a matter of fact, I'm making Thai for dinner tonight. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's um, great. Tasmania, the reason I love Tasmania is it, it gives you, it's a very small island, but it gives you um, a huge variety of terrain in a very small, uh, a small mileage. And so on one side, you have, you have rainforest, the other side is mountains, and then you have beaches. So it's like a triangle. Mm. And the people there, again, amazingly friendly. Uh, just very, you had a very safe feeling. It's not a situation. And so just vast lands of beauty and um, everybody was so welcoming. And you felt like you knew them, kind of like the Midwest. When you were saying you lived in the Midwest, it's that Midwest sort of, oh, come on over for dinner, you know. Well, yeah, we don't know you. We just met you today. But come on in and have, have supper with us, mm, right? Yeah. And I love that. I love the small town feeling. No, that's great. Definitely. I haven't, I haven't been to either of those and definitely will add it to my travel list. Uh, sounds like exciting <laughs> places to go to. Uh, the other question uh, I have for you, Lisa, is like, let's say, uh, let's take this uh, hypothetical question here. And if you had a time machine, if you could go back in time and talk to your young self, what advice would you give her? Oh, boy. A lot of advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, hmm, I think probably the biggest message would to be patient. Um, to be patient and to be kind, uh, more forgiving to myself as well as other people. Mm, I like that. Patience for forgiveness and being kind. Yeah, I like those are incredible uh, traits uh, to have. Uh, switching gears here, we'll move on to the section. Uh, I have some uh, questions from the audience for you. And uh, one of the questions will mm -hmm. uh, that I have for you is, what stops people, in your opinion, from achieving their fullest potential, besides fear? Oh, I think it's themselves. I, I think so many people get that negative self-talk. They, they can do what they're attempting to do, but they get themselves into, um, it's almost as if they confront themselves with neg negative talk, and it holds them back from achieving. Mm. No, I could not agree more. I think uh, sometimes we are our own worst critics and enemies, and uh, you know yeah. it's really important to get out of our own way. And I think it goes back to having those uh, mentors and coaches around us who can uh, see the greatness in us and can really help us elevate our game. And I think uh, I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, what was the best piece of advice you've received, either from your coaches, your mentors, or just anybody in general? Just say yes. Mm. Just say yes, and opportunity comes to you. 
And I've followed that all my life. If people ask me to do something, I typically will say yes. And I have always had doors of opportunity open for me because of doing that. Mm, That's great. Uh, The next question is, uh, what is the best investment of time or resource you've made in your life? Wow, best investment of time. I think it would be um, personal development investment with uh, with my speaking career. I've worked with um, one particular person in general in uh, over the career of my dental hygiene, uh, Dr. Paul Homily. He's a consultant that teaches presentation skills. He truly is. Um, was the first person to help me develop my course writing and my presentation skills. And I worked with him two or three times throughout my career. And honestly, the way that I present is because of the foundation that I built with this personal, with professional development and skills of speaking. Mm. No, that is, uh, this is like a perfect segue. And we'll kind of like get into the National Speaker Association and your experience with that. But talking about that first uh, coach or mentor uh, that you had with your speaking and presentation, what were some of the few things that you learned from him that served as a foundational uh, principles for your presentation skills and uh, speeches? Oh, it was definitely the um, the emotional connection mm. and how to how to structure your speech so that you or your presentation so that you are um, supporting the emotional content or supporting the content with emotion. It's, it's the art of storytelling, mm. right? Because if you don't have a great story for your, um, to deliver your content under, you won't have an impact on your audience. And so how do you make that connection between the emotional story and then going into content, which can be, you know, statistics or research or um, how-to, but you've got to make that connection. The other thing uh, that I've, I've learned from him is your introduction or your beginning is your second most important part of your speech. Your grand finale or your finish is your most impactful aspect of your speech. And mm. if, you can, if you can do it in that order, you will definitely have an impact. Uh, on your audience. Well, that is really, uh, those. these are golden nuggets right here. So uh, definitely, uh, uh, I'm going to re-listen to this uh, podcast just to listen to these uh, <laughs> gems. Uh, now, talk, talk to us about your introduction to NSA. Uh, you mentioned that NSA played such a big factor in your speaking and professional career. So how did this journey begin? How did you first hear about NSA and what difference or what impact it has had on your speaking career? Well, I first I first knew of NSA 25 years ago. Um, actually, Dr. Homily, who I took the uh, presentation skills courses from, said, you know, you, he was teaching a group of us within Phillips, and he said, you all should be members of, of National Speakers Association, as was he. And I never, I never pursued it. And I came out to the state of Washington, and, and throughout my career, people did it to me, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it, and I just never did for whatever reason. And when I moved out here, um, 
to Seattle, I, I looked into it a little bit further and I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to join. So I joined at the national level and I didn't realize at that time that there was actually a chapter right here in Seattle. I found out about that about a year later after mm. I had joined at the national level. And so I, you know, did a little investigation and I decided I was going to attend a meeting as a guest and see what it was about. And the very first meeting that I went to, uh, I met somebody actually who you have had on your podcast, Ron Rael. Mm. And he, uh, he said to me that at that meeting, he said, you're going to be president of this one day. And I looked at him and I laughed <laughs> out loud. I laughed and said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> And here I am, president of the National Speakers Association Northwest Chapter, um, because I said, yes, people saw something in me that I honestly didn't see in myself. And um, it took a little while for them to convince me that I really was the leader that they were looking for. And I have never, ever regretted a minute of saying yes, because I have learned so much from this organization and being a part of it. No, that is so inspiring. And uh, you mentioned Ron Ryle. I mean, he's been on the podcast and what an incredible uh, leader he himself is. I mean, he he is just uh, mm-hmm. fantastic in terms of like making these bold predictions and seeing greatness in people. And I think uh, really uh, that's uh, that's something that, uh, uh, you know, I always acknowledge him for it. Just his leadership skills are just fantastic. Now, Talking about speaking and presentation, having been part of NSA now for close to five years, you mentioned earlier. Now, what are some of the tips that you can give our audience in terms of creating an impactful speech? And you mentioned a few things as far as your introduction, the emotional content. But tell us about the business of public speaking. Uh, you know, most some of the listeners that we have here could be uh, Toastmasters who are good speakers, but they haven't really figured out a way to become a professional speaker or some of our audience are executives and corporate professionals who uh, indirectly make presentations to their clients or make a pitch to the venture capitalists or angel investors. And they want to get good at this or they want to at some point have this side career uh, going as professional speaker in the area of their expertise. So what are some tips that you could give them in terms of practical tips that you know it would really help them to make that transition successfully mm-hmm. so that they can really make that as a career? What would what would be some of your good tips on that front? Well, I think Toastmasters is, um, Toastmasters teaches you the craft of speaking and it's a beautiful place to start, particularly if you have um, stage apprehension, uh, but it's a great place to start to just learn how to be a speaker the um, National Speakers Association actually teaches you the business of speaking. And in the Northwest chapter, we have a program called ProTrack, and it does exactly that. It teaches you the business of speaking. It's a, a four-month program. It's 32 hours of curriculum, and the, um, the facilitators are professional members and uh, very successful speakers in the industry. And so you're learning from you're learning tips on all different types of topics, marketing, uh, looking at how your presentation skills, of course, are are in that as well. Um, managing your business, how to market yourself, how to create a one sheet. There is so much going that goes into the business of speaking. 
And you have to know both. You can't just be a great speaker. If you want to have a successful speaking business, you need to know how to manage your finances and how to set yourself up for success with all of the aspects of the business. And anybody that has their own business knows that that's a a big core of it. You've got to have that foundation, as well as knock it out of the park every time you get up on the stage. Now, these are great points, and we'll include information about the ProTrack uh, for NSA speaking uh, opportunities on our podcast show here so that people can find out more about it. And, uh, oh, great. Yeah, and then the other question I have for you is, uh, what are some of the book recommendations that you would have for our audience that uh, specifically uh, related to uh, speaking, public speaking, or or somebody who's starting out in uh you know, make personal development journey or anything in that regard that you found to be really influential for you in your own life? I'm going to go with one that I just got, actually. I just attended uh, the National Speakers Association Winter Conference, and um, one of the presenters gave everyone, Phil Jones, gave everyone a book called Exactly What to Say, The Magic Words for Influence and Impact. And I've, I've read through it, several times already mm. because you get the way that it's written is um, it's just nuggets of information that are very digestible very quickly and you can immediately um, utilize them. And so I'm going to go with a recent, <laughs> this no. is probably going to be one of my books that I start giving to people. <laughs> no, that is great. And then I will include that Phil Jones and the title of the book you said is exactly what to say. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, yep. excellent. Switching gears, we're going to move on to a rapid-fire round, and I've got a bunch of fun questions for you, Lisa, and it's the first response that comes to your mind. Uh, again, if you feel okay. uh, the desire to elaborate on it, feel free to do so, but again, this is the rapid-fire round, so are you ready? Awesome. I like a little competition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question I have for you is, what is one thing you can do that might surprise other people? Mm-hmm. I know how to play the um, handbells and the clarinet. Oh, wow. That is great. The second question I have for you is, if you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be? Hmm. Oh, my goodness. So many things are flying through my head. Um history i want to go i want to go to the future uh <laughs> i honestly i can't think of anything off the top of my head that's all right give me uh, another question yeah we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll come back to that uh the next one i have for you is whose brain would you like to pick i i think i'd love to um pick my mother's brain I, I, there's so many questions that I have for her that I wish I'd asked her before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And, um, she just had a beautiful insight into the world. And the older I get, the more I appreciate what a special person she was. So mm-hmm. I think it would be my mother. Wow. And the other question I have for you is what color describes you best? Oh, Yellow. Mm. absolutely yellow it's fun it's bright it's happy those are probably the words people describe me most as so definitely yellow (laughs) and uh, what's your favorite music band 
I am an 80s girl, so I'm going to have to go with Journey. Hmm. Uh, Journey, I like that band. And then uh, the next question is, the five most important things in life, according to you? Say the question again, sorry. The five most important things in life. Ooh, okay. Um, patience, grace, um, integrity, trust, and playfulness. Hmm. Those are great traits to have. And then the final question within the rapid fire round, and this is, if you could have one message, Lisa, on on a billboard, what would that be? Hmm. Anything is possible if you say yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's really... Very inspiring. So before we head out to the closing remarks and final section, uh, here's another opportunity for you. Uh, the one event in history, if you could witness that, what would that be? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with religious. Um, the birth of Jesus. Mm. That's great. Or that just that whole event. You know, I'd, I'd like to see that that part of history and how it how it truly occurred. No, that is incredible. Absolutely. Uh, that sounds good. And so final section, and that is uh, closing remarks here. And then the first question I have for you here is, what is your current personal or business passion project that you're working on, or what are you looking forward to in the next six months or a year? I'm looking forward to uh, growing my business and um, – I've started to really work on the consulting side of uh, really the coaching side of professional speaking. And so I found that that's a, a really big passion of mine that I'm enjoying and I'd like to make it an even bigger part of my business. Um, and then I'm also attending a writer's retreat that I'm going to get my book started because I've been saying for a long time, I need to write a book and, it will follow the Ironman principles of business communication. A blog gonna um, go, basically gonna go from blogs to books. So Good. those are my two biggies on my list. <laughs> oh no, I like that. So uh, really, uh, starting your consulting and public speaking coaching practice, as well as writing your book, which is centered around your Ironman principles. No, I like that mm-hmm. definitely. And then uh, the other thing uh, is, what are three things you're grateful for in life today? Three things I'm grateful for, my family, definitely, Mm. Um, my family, and that includes my husband, and uh, my health. I'm super healthy and so grateful that I am able to do everything that I can still do um, at at my age and with my my, um, fitness level. And then I would say support of my family. I have such a beautiful network. No matter what happens, you have this amazing network of support. No, that's great. So family, your health, and uh, the network of support that you have, those are really uh, definitely things to be grateful for, Lisa. And I want to acknowledge you for a couple of things. One is, what an incredible journey that you've had, which is uh, a really uh, serves as a role model for 
so many people out there who are listening to this podcast and this the incredible transition you made from you know being a professional dental hygienist to being a corporate speaker and then right, you know into a professional speaking career and now that you're embarking on this journey of uh, a speaking coach and a writer and you know it's something that you always say yes to life and that is a message that kind of like sticks out so clearly listening to you share about your experiences and uh, the lessons you've learned in life so uh, truly you are a role model for what can be accomplished what is possible and that dreams do come true so thank you for sharing and thank you for being you lisa Oh, thank you so much. This has been such a fun um, process to go through with you, and I, I really look forward to to speaking with you more because I think we have a lot of commonalities. No, I appreciate that. And then uh, one final question, and this is how we wrap up all our interviews, and that is, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? Oh, because... People are people are just fascinating, and and the people that you've interviewed, uh, I've listened to many of your podcasts, and you have this amazing way to make people feel very comfortable and to really bring out their passion and um, excel or um, give examples of what people can achieve. Uh, you have a gift, definitely, for interviewing people, and you have some really interesting guests. Uh, people are fascinating and you don't, you know, everyone you meet has something that you can learn. And I think you've done a great job of just getting a variety of different people on who all came from all walks of life and they have these wonderful success stories to tell. And you do a beautiful job of, of bringing that out of people. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, my pleasure. And it's been a uh, really a uh, delight to have you on the show again. Thank you so much for your time and candid answers. And I truly appreciated our conversation. And for those of us who are listening with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Carla Ras. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to wisdomoffriends.net to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. We hope you'll pass along our web address, wisdomoffriends.net, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous episodes and subscribe on iTunes, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank, Thank you. you. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of The Wisdom of Friends.